But yeah, so thank you guys for coming in. I know we had some scheduling yeah. issues, yeah. vacation, whatever, yeah. but we made it happen. I'm happy you guys came up here. We're I know it's now. a little bit of a drive sometimes, <laughs> depending on how fast you go. But <laughs> we were trying. I mean, red lights were not a thing on the way. No, there's. I think there's only once you get on this road, it's just go as fast as you can. Just watch for the children. <laughs> did stop for a yellow light once. Oh, okay. I, did stop for a yellow light. <laughs> I drove past the yellow light pretty quick. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, so we got RJ here mm-hmm. and Isaiah Lattimore. Um, do you want to give your full name or just, we'll um, just go with Roger Lattimore? But okay, people call me RJ. And you guys are brothers. Yeah, yeah. it's my older brother. All right. Wait. You're yeah, I know that's confusing. Wait, brother. Your little brother. No, yeah, oh, I'm little brother. Oh, you are. Okay. <laughs> I look older. No, I was going to say, dang. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, what have you been doing your whole life, little bro? <laughs> yeah, I'm only 14. I just look like an old man. Uh, well, yeah. Um, so you've been busy. I know um, we talked a couple times and uh, you had made a mural of your brother mm-hmm. that kind of was like a like not made him famous or whatever but you know people are like whoa like yeah. it's in a is it in a spot where a lot of people pass by and stuff yeah it's pretty high traffic um to me i think like the image is just well i mean without sounding conceited it conveys a lot of the ideas of what a lot of my work does mm-hmm. so the fact that it was in the area it was in that it was a fine art piece rather than some commercial cheesy kumbaya mural mm. um and i did use rj specifically in it I think it speaks to a lot of kids from that area. Like yeah. they see it and they feel like that could have been them. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's a thing, man. You know, a lot of time kids just want to be recognized or feel like they have some sort of value. Yeah. And so it's really weird when they see their image in something other than a t-shirt, you know? Yeah. Or worse yet, like after their life and they're on a t-shirt. Like, yeah, I mean that, that, that he, he's new to the game. He didn't get that, but that was, that's what I was going <laughs> for. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they, they knew. All they right, knew. Um, <laughs> So how do you feel about seeing this? How tall is this thing? Like 20 feet, 15 oh, feet? I think it's 18. 18 feet? Yeah. Bro, it's crazy. It's weird. Like, I was already a pretty popular kid. Like, I get noticed on the street, and, like, I've been followed around the mall a few times. But mm-hmm. this, like, man, people people notice me a lot. Like, so they notice you when you're just hanging, you know. People that know you mm-hmm. now are like, oh, telling their friends, like, hey, check this out yep. because I know this guy. It's kind of like. I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, now you're famous or whatever, it's but like it's like a little famous. notoriety up from it. And it's weird because, like, where I live, people show a lot of love. Like, they, it's like fake love. Like, they, they, they like, they act like they like you more than they do. Mm. And that's how it is there. So, they, people act like I get cool with me and, I don't know, like, they know me already just because yeah. they see me on the wall. It's a little weird. Like, it is weird. Like, is it, does it ever give you problems? Um... No, I've never had no problems. That's good. That's good. One time, almost. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> from the mural? Um, Just from people, like, noticing you. People noticing me, not from the mural. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, especially in an area like the North End, it's better to just to go unnoticed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been, I've lived in Flint for a little while, but I'm like, I wasn't, like, in the these areas where there's, like, a lot of, I don't, I don't know if you want to call them problems or issues or whatever you want to call them. Just bad activity yeah just on. like you don't want to be out when it's when you know when the street lights go on you want to be no, you don't want to be out at all right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but yeah i mean i've been i've lived in some pretty shady like places like hamtramck like across mm. the street from a crack house and like we grew up like pretty poor like living off the the government and help from the church and stuff like that so like i know what 
struggle is, but now I know, not as a kid, I knew, I thought this was just normal. Yeah, so, that's... Until I went see, to my friend's house, and I'm like, oh, they're having dinner? Like, what? <laughs> it's so normal. Like, you you go, you pull up to any gas station at Flint, you sit there for 30 minutes, you see a crackhead and dope. Oh, yeah. Like, I was with this um this girl, and she, she was, she stays in Flint, but she's a little off-site of Flint. She goes to a private school, and we well, used to go to a private school, so... She was, you know, kind of sheltered a little more. Mm-hmm. And she had seen a, seen a fiend hitting dope. And she's like, what is that? Like, what is he doing? I'm like, hitting dope. Like, this is I'm like, at first, I'm like, what is he? Like, he got a one-hitter in his hand? Because that's what, you know, they usually smoke dope out of. Yeah. So he goes, she was like, no, I think it's a cigarette. I'm like, is it metal? She was like, a metal cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> it's shiny? What? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was, uh, that's, so, like, why did you do it? Why did I do the mural? Yeah, why did you do the mural? Um, to me, the mural is a lot about the two different ways you can look at these kids. Or, I mean, just the situation in general. So it's like the contrast between the one figure to the next. Um, I made RJ look a little darker than he is. I made Jeremy look a little lighter than he is. A lot of it's about, I like that feeling when people look at it, depending on where they come from, mm-hmm. a lot dictates a lot in how they interpret it. And that's what it's like for these kids. Like, if you're from the hood, they don't they just seem normal and they are they're just behaving the way everyone behaves everyone does that but if you're outside that situation it just seems crazy yeah like if you see a crackhead hitting a pipe at a gas station that's gnarly if you've never seen it yeah if it's normal then it's just as normal as if you live in a white neighborhood and you go to the corner store and you see jim and he talks about fishing and blah 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 yeah like twice yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's just kind of like yeah like you said don't don't show them that you're paying attention Bro, like, because it's kind of like, but even then, it's like, in some situations like that, but some stuff is so normal, you don't pay attention. Mm. Like, Like, I'll I'll say this. Remember when we were doing that mural and that lady came up, had a laptop on her hip and a backpack, was obviously like a college kid. We were like, what are you doing here? I'm like, bro, what are you like? You are going to get robbed. (laughs) I'm like, I need to be walking. You're like advertising, like how you need to go back to (laughs) (laughs) Kettle. Well, so my thing is like, in most situations, she was totally normal. Yeah. And then if she was just a couple miles down the street at the school, she's absolutely normal. Yeah. But where she was, we were like, this sweetheart, get out of here. What yeah. are you doing? That's crazy. It's, it's at least not. Yeah. It's at least abnormal. Yeah. You know? I've, I've been that person where, um, like I was riding bikes with my friends when we first moved to Flint and we're just in this neighborhood. It's Sunday afternoon, like two. And I'm like, dude, this is so cool. Everyone's outside. They're having barbecues. They're like having some beers and, big this big red suv pulls up and like like cuts us off and he's like are you guys lost i'm like no he's like he's like yeah you are i'm like all right we're leaving (laughs) like we're out of here like we're just like three white kids just riding around like i didn't know any better we didn't we didn't have any so my thing is like to do there we're just like driving around i'm like this definitely but it looked like they were having so much fun and i'm like just wanting to drive around and they're like get out (laughs) i mean frank well what happens when you are actually not lost because in my situation i'm white Mm. So my whole life, everyone's like, you don't belong here. What do you do when you actually live there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that dude's like, you need to get out of here. And I'm like, well, this is my house. So, uh, like that's my experience has always been, it's, it's a little different now, but when I was younger, when you looked like me, you were not in the gang, you weren't cool. You didn't belong. So it's like, for me, that life was never even an option. Mm. Like, I think I would have been a very successful gangster drug dealer. <laughs> if they if I just had a shot, I could have went pro. I think, yeah, I think you could have made it. <laughs> the coach would have put me in those final minutes. I would yeah. have got sponsored and everything. Um, give me one second. Hold up.
Yeah, we're talking about being in the a neighborhood and looking like you don't belong there. And well, so I mean, for me, I always thought it was very interesting because I have a brother who we're very similar in age, but it's like our two situations were so different. We're very similar people, and even when it's like for me to RJ, people used to ask me all the time, like growing up in Flint, and we would tell stories about this kid how he's in jail now, and this kid how he's doing whatever, and blah blah blah. People would look at me and be like, "Oh well, how'd you make it out?" or "How come you're not one of those kids?" I'm like, bro, like, I didn't make that decision. Like, they made that for me. Mm-hmm. Like, they told me I could not be that guy. Uh, you were, like, excluded. Just, yeah. Yeah. So then you have kids where it's like, from my understanding, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but, like, with RJ, it's just natural, bro. Like, you're just doing the same thing that any kid does, and then the situation makes normal so different. Yeah. You know? It's, it's exactly it, like that. Like, when people say, like, this, I wouldn't say lifestyle, but, like, it it picks them like it is like it's just the people you hang with people you go to school with people you hang on like i grew up down the block with these people like, mm-hmm. i've been knowing these people my whole life and they do the same stuff yeah so it's, it's like a normal thing for you to do it it's so normal it's yeah not, you don't think it's about it like oh you guys everybody to, does it oh we're gonna go uh try to get this stereo from this place that we hung out at or whatever like whatever it is like that's the whitest scheme I've ever I'm, heard. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> like I we like <laughs> I'm not saying like yeah, hey, I was a whatever, but um I did I did some shit. I got arrested as a young kid and it scared me enough to like never. I'm like I'm good. Like I seen my brother, my sisters, not all of them, but some of them get in trouble with the law and like do stuff where I'm like I learned from seeing them fail and that's how I learn, like learning from other people's mistakes and my own mistakes. So I'm like as I get older, I'm like as much more careful as possible. Like I don't like drinking and driving. I don't like smoking and driving. Like I'm, I don't go to a place where I'm like, oh, should I bring my gun with me? I don't need to go to that place if I'm questioning if I should bring my gun. You know what I mean? So see, and that's a normal like, thought yeah, every day. Yeah. Like, should I bring my gun to this place? Like, because mm. I know I gotta go. It's whether should I bring my gun or not. Yeah. It's that's exactly how it is. So um. Um, you guys were hanging out a couple weeks ago and you called me mm-hmm. and you were, you were in the background, I think, cause I could like hear, I think yeah. you, were, you had me on speaker yeah, or yeah. something and uh, you guys were having a conversation and it inspired you enough to call me to be like, Hey, we need to get this, we need yeah. to record this or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of, what was the conversation you guys were having? Um, I don't remember what sparked it. I think I was just yelling at him for hanging out with hoodlum people. Okay. Or, I mean, I think I was even just asking like, that was it. Because my thing is, like, a lot of these kids are super smart. Like, someone tried to rob me the other day. Really? Yeah. Um, and all well, I kept thinking I the whole... Not that. online. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> in, in person. Okay. I mean, yes and no. I think he was more trying to feel me out. Like, okay. so it started with just asking for money. But the whole time I kept thinking that he was really good at this. Like, even if he was just panhandling and it went aggressive. Yeah. Like, his thought process was pretty smart. In the sense where I was like, you learned this skill. I could at least feel that you've done this enough that you're doing it in a particular way, like you're, you're decent at it. Yeah. Um, even when you see kids who are doing things that to the outside look so dumb, right? Why would you do something knowing that it's going to hurt you? Why would you do something knowing that you're going to go to jail? They learned it. And oftentimes kids are just trying to learn what they have to survive. And if they have limited resources or limited access to different options, they just do what people around them are doing. Like that's, that's the most normal process there is. Everyone does that. Yeah. So my thing is like, I was asking RJ, like, you knew that there were other options or I was like, you knew like you are at least exposed to people who are not gangsters and hoodlums and whatever. 
So I'm like, why did you then go hang out with gangsters and hoodlums? Yeah. So, so why? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to implicate yourself. I just want to get that out there. You don't have to like say anything that'll get you in trouble. Yeah. Just like a, you know, you could be vague. It's if not you want. that. Bad. You could well, be like, hey, I'm gonna. I was gonna I, go hang I out can't with talk this about dude. A certain thing. Yeah. If you don't want to, don't. But I mean, like, <laughs> like overall, like what kind of stuff. Like, like I said, it didn't, it's not that I went and hung out with these people. We were innocent kids. Like, Jaheem, I know you know Jaheem. Yeah. We, we didn't do, when we was young, man, we, we didn't do nothing. We rode our bikes, you know. Might have stole a few bikes, but everybody stole bikes. Yeah. You know, and that's, we started smoking, I started smoking at 10 years old. Because everybody else around us was doing it. We started stealing my parents' tails. Ever, ever since then, it just going hill from there. Mm. Started doing everything. Everybody else is doing. Just yeah, it was just like part of whatever. You weren't trying to get in trouble. Yeah, like and, and it didn't it didn't happen fast. Like I mean it did looking back, but in a moment, like we just we hopped off playing video games and started going outside. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean one of the ways that I've always looked at it is people when they're unfamiliar with something, they're just kind of the first they look around to what everyone else is doing. Right, this is like a little brother, big brother situation. You're going to school on it, they call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like one of the things I said, like I never realized how poor Flint was until I got to a different city. Yeah. Like I knew that there was poor parts of Flint and better parts of Flint, but I didn't realize how poor we all were <laughs> until I yeah. went to like Fenton or Goodrich or something. So it's like these kids, they know in an abstract sense that bad people do bad things. They know that some of these are bad things, but then they physically see someone that they know who is just normal. It's just the dude that they hang out with doing X. Mm. So it makes X seem normal. I got you. And it's not until you're removed from that situation that you look back and go, wow, that was like really not normal. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of get a little perspective of it and like kind of get pulled out from that fishbowl or that ecosystem. And you're like, whoa, to me, this is way different or way off or not good or whatever you, whatever. I mean, to me, the. What's most broke about the system is by the time kids get exposed to the rest of the world and they can look back and see how bad their city was, quote unquote, um, it's often too late. Mm. Usually by early 20s, once they start paying for these decisions that you didn't realize were so bad, it's very difficult to come back. They get way more expensive the older you get too. The only thing they know how to do. Yeah, and they fall back on what they know. Yeah, I I mean, my brother... um, in and out of jail 10 years probably of his life, like put himself through stuff, put the family through stuff, like stole from us, like, you know, did drugs and then went clean and then went back to it. And I, I haven't spoken with him in a long time. Like, like I haven't seen him in person, man, I'd say probably like 12 or 15 years maybe or something like that. And, um, it was weird for me because he was always, he was way older than me. He was like 10, whatever. How old am I? Like 40? He's like, you're asking me for <laughs> How old am I? Come on, man. Help, help me out. But uh, he's older than me. So he, we weren't like in the same, you know, we didn't hang out with the same people. Sometimes we did, whatever. But um, I learned a lot from him, not what to do. Like mm-hmm. that's what, when I got in trouble, we, we jumped on some boats that were down the street. Like this is how good our neighborhood was <laughs> this, uh, this, uh, where people park their boats at, <laughs> we went up there and we like hopped on the boats and I'm like, Oh, look, free stuff. It's out. It's not locked up. So we're like taking these radios and comp- like these big globe compasses and 
flare guns and we're shooting them off and like fire extinguishers like the dumbest criminals like we're shooting flare guns into the air where we stole them from but anyway but uh when that happened it's a bold move yeah yeah i'm using the fishing poles like off the dock where the boats were parked that i stole them from and i'm like oh, no i got these from kmart i swear and um but yeah so like once my dad once i got in trouble and my friend ratted me out and um not the one that i stole with but another friend i hung out with that i told and you know the cops came they put me in cuffs they took me down to the station they questioned it was like to scare me i was 11 years old you know Mm -hmm. they weren't gonna put me in jail but my dad was not happy he was like another he's like another one of my sons like i can't like he he i've never i've gotten my ass beat plenty of times by my dad my parents you know siblings whatever but he didn't beat my ass. He was, he didn't talk to me. He didn't even look at me. And I was like, damn, like I didn't even, like I knew I fucked up when he didn't even want to even look at me. I was like, oh shit. I would have rather took an ass beating than that. That disappointment in my parents. Yeah, is that was like sad. And I'm like, I can't, like, I can't do that to him. And I don't want to be like that. So I just, you know, you learn, sometimes you learn young and you get scared enough and you lose enough and, you snap out of it or you don't. So that was your only encounter with the police? I like, mean, I've gotten pulled over encounter. and stuff, but yeah. Like, I mean, we've ran from cops after we egged their cars and stuff like that. I mean, you <laughs> oh know, shit gosh. like that. Not like, not like really deep into stuff. Like, it was enough for me to see people do it and be like, I'm good. Like, hey, you guys want to go do this thing? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I've had friends that were involved in shit like that all throughout school. Was and that was that time at school your first time? Interacting with police like that? Getting caught, yeah. Yeah. Getting caught. Yeah. Scary. But that's not your first time doing stuff like that. That was your first time like facing discipline from police officers or yeah, confrontation. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You wanna talk about that? I mean, yeah, we can. It was it wasn't it wasn't like what it what everybody thought it was. Yeah. We was just a school fight and so they we had a lot of fights that year. And um and it wasn't even a fight. That was the thing too. Like all what happened was like I think I pushed the kid. Like I, I didn't even push him hard. Like cause he was sitting, he was in between me and the police officer. That's why I got the um assault on battery officer. Oh, okay, because he did it right in front of the cop. Yeah. So um, that's all it was. Like it was me and about a six, seven other kids there. Took us down to um. Where is it? Right by the um. At the just the jail downtown? No, they they didn't take us there because I went mm-hmm. seventeen. And the mm-hmm. second time I got locked up, that's when I went to mm-hmm. uh, county. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn. So I mean, you've I've never been locked up, so I can't. You know, my thing is like the part of that whole story that I felt like needed to be addressed at the time was really the cops' behavior, and not that. And I'm not saying that to excuse RJ's behavior because so I mean we all time? yeah, but like we, him throwing throwing the book at him. Let's say no. I mean, you want to. Talk about it, or did, at least what you told me had happened. I mean, we we had kind of resolved it, I guess, because I talked to him after. But I was really more so just kissing his ass because he police. <laughs> yeah. So he was. He said. He said I was just being. He was just lying, like because he's a police officer. Like he was just saying I was being disrespectful to him. That I pushed him. I hit him. Like and just saying stuff that wasn't true. Mm. Like, I didn't. I didn't have, I wasn't trying, I wasn't even looking at him. Like, I didn't even know that was a police officer that was in front of me because I'm trying to beat this kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were just yeah, tunnel I'm visioned. Like, I'm like, I had no intent on you. I'm like, I don't know. 
the way I looked at it is like, so he he was like, <clears throat> sorry to cut you off, but because he had authority, like whatever he said, people were going to believe didn't matter. Yeah, and he was a black police officer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> To me, the way I looked at it is like everyone looking at the situation had already determined what was going on to these kids. Even me. Where like when I talked to RJ about it afterwards, I was like, look, if this behavior continues, what happens is you become an adult. And then instead of punching each other, you're shooting each other. Mm. And it's like the police officer already had that in his mind where it's like this kid could potentially be a kid that's whatever. Yeah. Right. A gangster or murderer or something like that. And then they started to treat him that way. To me, it's like I've been in situations or seen situations where the same kid doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, even if they get into a fight, but it's like in flushing or something. When the cops show up, it's a, why did this, what happened to these kids? It's not a, which one of these is a gangster? Which yeah. one of these do we need to lock up They're now? They're victims sort of instead of yeah, like man, a protagonist man. or whatever. And I, I get it. Like the things that kids are doing in these areas are worse. Yeah. Right. Like stealing, getting on boats and shooting off flare guns, although bad, John, don't, yeah, don't dumb. do that. <laughs> pretty dumb. <laughs> um, it's a much lesser offense than like a B&E or, yeah, you know, yeah. stealing or this or robbing, whatever. Assault right? or, you know, if you have a weapon and you're robbing somebody, that's a whole different, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not saying like the things these kids do um, on society. Okay. Yes. It's a bigger issue. It's something that we should address more or spend more resources on. But to look at the kids like they are a bigger problem, um, that's the part I disagree with. Yeah. Like to me, they're they're just behaving the same way that John did that time he did the dumb thing when he threw eggs at a cop car or something. Yeah, because everybody We're did just, that around there, huh? I said because everybody did that around there. Yeah, that's probably the tenth cop car with here. eggs on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that um, it's it kind of sucks too. Like you're you're coming from an area where you're already. You're already like, I don't want to say less or anything like that, but you're starting at a like way behind just because of where you were born. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like you chose any of this. You're just, uh, it's kind of like a, like a nurture thing. This is just like natural. This is your environment. This is what it is. It's like, I look back on it too. I remember fifth, sixth grade, like sixth grade was a turning point. Really, really. Yeah. But like fifth, fourth grade, like I just remember being in school, all us being so innocent, like you didn't have a bad thought, you know, like, I mean, it it was, but it was more like video game type thoughts. Like it wasn't. You're, you're seeing all all the older kids doing this stuff though, too, at that age. And then once you get to that age, it's the normal thing. And the only people we have to look up to, like, I never had a, a, a a lawyer or a doctor or whoever come up to me and, and talk to me while I'm on the block. You know what comes up and talk to me? I'm sitting there playing basketball. Uh, D-Boy come up to me, give me a basketball, talk to me. You know, all right, bro, get in with me. Like, mm. they they make you they make you want to like them from an early age. They rope you in. Try to use you, see what they can get away with. And then so they can start, start again, start using yeah. it. Did you do that? Did you ever sell drugs and stuff? I never sold drugs, but I just, I mean, I I have sold drugs, but isn't it wasn't like a like that's what I do. It's like your job. Yeah, it's just like whatever I can sell. Like I'm, I've sold anything, like pretty much everything. Yeah, just a little bit here and there. Mm. I think I would have been good at not. I, I sold drugs. Yeah, for a little while. I wouldn't be <laughs> good like at summer. <laughs> I wouldn't be good on the street, like being that guy, because that's a different job. But I could have found a way to make decent money, to be honest. And that's what sucks is like. I keep trying to tell kids to not do these things because I know from my vantage point that selling drugs is worse than 
picking a real career. Yeah. But it's hard to tell a kid with nothing to not do the one thing they can do that they know will get them money when they need money. Yeah. You were saying how that guy that tried to rob you or yeah. whatever was trying to feel you out. You could see that he had some like a gift or something. Like he had some potential. He was pretty smooth. But he was just channeling it in a way that he always knew how to channel it. He never I mean, I don't know who he is, but obviously he wasn't trying to like, hey, I'm I'm robbing you, but <laughs> I'm also going to class to be, become a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they rob you so smooth, like it's cause they've done it a hundred so, times. They do it what they sit you and rob you like this. The hands just totally yeah. Just like how we're having this conversation. Like it's just, just normal. Yeah, I mean, so normal. They're taking advantage of the fact that it's new to you and yep. it's not new to them. I mean, it's the same thing in any time someone takes advantage of another person. I mean, you could even think of like freaking rape victims or prison or fight or they're coming up and taking advantage of the fact that you're off guard and you don't know what to do and they know exactly what to do. Yeah. They're moving quick. Yeah. Um, luckily for me, I'd gotten robbed a couple of times, so I didn't get robbed this time because I knew what was going on. Yeah. Got but, robbed uh, before? Yeah. The first time I ever got robbed, I was, I, I think I've only been robbed two times prior to this. That was like a real someone coming up to me confrontation. Mm. Um, the first time I was, I think 13, 14, maybe. And I was like on the east side late at night and waiting on the bus after playing basketball. Some dude walked up to me. Same thing. You know, they act like they know you. Hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Let me hold a dollar. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I don't got nothing. And then it switched instantly. You know, and then the dude's like real aggressive, like, nah, I'm not asking stuff like that. And it just threw me off because I'd never had anyone like you see movies and you know, stuff happens. Like I know people get robbed, yeah, but it's like that feeling of being robbed was totally like, as soon as he said that, I was just like, wait, what did he say? Like, what's, and then it's like, he, he knew exactly what to do, bro. Like, what is he going to get out of you, though? Your I had, like, four bucks or something. Like he took my MP3 some, player. Like, yeah, yeah, headphones and an iPod or something. It's like, dude, now you're going to make my parents pissed at me for you to get whatever, $20, $30 out of this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. He came up, though. You know what he did when he got home? Probably bought himself a little bag, smoked. Like, it, it was worth it for him. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't think about that when he woke up in the morning. He never thought about that again. Yeah. I think, I I don't know, man. Um. I would say he did. He did. He does like subconsciously all the shit that we've done in our lives. Like I always think of it as like a, like whatever you want to call it, a cookie jar or mm -hmm. a gumball machine. And every time you do something morally incorrect, one little piece gets taken out mm -hmm. and you can never put it back. Yeah. But it's I just, you got to like learn to not do it again with Ooh. those people. Oh, 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 that's rule shit. number one. Get out. No. <laughs> <laughs> this interview is over. He just throws <laughs> with uh with those people it's it's different. Like they do that that so much. What what were we just talking about? Uh him getting robbed and the guy not really thinking about it, going home smoking. Oh being, yeah, yeah, being yeah. Fine with it. That stuff that was little. Like I don't feel like yeah. He I felt can. like mm, can he do that? You know what was he doing on the east side? He yeah. he justifies that in a way before he doesn't think about it again. I don't I feel like that. He he thinks maybe about he that thinks again. of it as him teaching you a lesson. I yeah, would say both. I feel like I, any other stuff like stuff more like if he would have if if he was having a bad day or maybe or really saw kids a fear in the kid's eye. But I don't know if it was that situation. You know, I think. On the regular, just the little stuff like, like that, you know, they don't they don't look at it again. To me, it's both. So to me, it's like it's true that every time you do one of these events, uh, you have this cookie jar of what could be potentially whatever traumatizing or something. Yeah. Um, the next question is, what do they do to not open that cookie jar? Like, what do you do to maintain a life that that seems normal enough that you don't feel bad about yourself? 
And that's the real damage. So if I think about yeah. that guy who robbed me, if he didn't feel bad, then he just kept robbing. And yeah. if he just keeps doing that, then instead of spending his time doing something more productive, his situation keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Right? And him him robbing people or whatever his, his gimmick, stick is, whatever the gimmick <laughs> is, um, like you, you would also think they're working for towards something possibly you just think? tonight bro yeah that's that's, that's the real crazy. killer that's crazy to me yeah. yeah it's it's how short-minded it's just a day by day it's like just you have people who their mindset is so constantly what do i do right now yeah. for now they're desperate constantly bro yeah that's crazy like i i've never i mean i've seen people in the, in those in those situations but i've never I can't be like, oh, well, he could have did, like, I can't talk on it. You know yeah. what I mean? I've never been in that situation myself where I needed, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to rob this dude or I'm going to steal this from this person and forcefully and then sell it just to do something real quick. Like, like that quick money, like I've people in my life and I'm like in my head, I'm like that shit just as quick as you get it, it goes like it doesn't, it's not, it's weird. Like it's weird. It's like, it's not, a, it'll never be enough. It'll never yeah. be enough. But it's it's something about it, like it's different than the slow money. Different, yeah. you feel feel different about it. You just get a high because the situation changes so quick, so fast. You go from broke to twelve hundred dollars yep. instantly, yeah. and you do that to a kid who's like the alternative is freaking minimum wage, two two hundred dollars every two. Weeks, or if you're playing basketball and a dude comes up to you and says what's up, and he makes you feel like he cares about you and his friends care about you, and they start using you, and you're making money now. And you're like, I'm leaving these friends, and I'm hanging out with these dudes because they're making me money, and they want me. It's, it's I feel like, like I'm a, like a part of a family. It's like that sometimes, but a lot of times it's like, hey, y'all, y'all see what I'm doing? Come with me. Like I'm over here getting money. Yeah. With, with, with people that care about me, so they get people get roped in. Like once you get one dude, you really got three because you got two of his closest mans with yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They say like you. Everyone does like what their older brother does in that situation. Like yeah. if you do something, all your younger brothers end up doing that thing. It's the same thing where it's like these kids go through so much together. Like it's more than friends because it's like you're in the situation where you're all desperate day to day. You're all scared all the time. Mm -hmm. And the only time you're not scared is around this other person. Right. And then you see them doing X, Y, Z. So you start doing X, Y, Z. Because it's like the alternative is going back to just being scared and alone. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's something to be scared together with, and y'all don't feel like you're scared. Yeah, I mean, it's like y'all know y'all scared, but it's just like I don't know. It's different. It's it's, it's a I little. I mean, you're safety. all sharing this. Yeah, thing. it's like we we both. It's like bro, we're not alone. That's what it is. Yeah, and it makes you feel comfortable that somebody else you can go through this. Like, oh my my parents can't understand. My brother's not gonna understand. But you guys are right here with me. It's we're, like a we're doing, freaking war buddy or something. You know. Yeah, it's kind of like um. Yeah, like you said, people in war, like when they come back home, they're like, "This is this is fake." Like this feels so fake. Yeah, I wouldn't say Flint is as bad as is is war, but yeah. there are places that are like, yeah. like Chirac, Chicago is horrible down there. Chirac, yeah, that's it's the, it's just bigger. It's like the infrastructure is no, more worse. established. It's like Iraq, because they have so many more people. It's, yeah, that's the projects are just. So it's just, just so projects dense. down there. It's like in Flint, they're limited to the resources in the areas that they can operate. And then you like go to more pockets, kind yeah. of. Yeah, it's more, mm -hmm. it's more compartmentalized. I mean, Freak, you just upscale, you know? Yeah. Like Chicago's got what, like, I don't know. I'm going to say a wrong number, but I'm going to guess 8 million people or something yeah, crazy. Yeah, just Google it. You're right. Yeah, two, 2 million, <laughs> somewhere between 2 and 20 million. <laughs> 700 million people. More. They have more than Flint. That I know. And um, it is, it is sectioned off because when mm -hmm. you go, 
like it's been a long time, but I've just driving through Detroit. Like we were going to a concert and we're just driving through and there's like nobody in this neighborhood, Mm -hmm. all boarded up, not a soul to like a group of homeless people. And they're just, who knows what they're doing. And then it's like nothing. And then all these like coffee shops and like kind of hipster white folks chilling and having coffee on the sidewalk. And then three blocks over, it's like a homeless camp, and they're doing who knows what. Yeah, yep. and it's crazy. Like, like that's insane. Contrast is crazy. It's yeah, it's staggering. I think one of the best ways I can describe it, because it's again, I mean, it's not like it's hard to articulate to somebody because when a normal person thinks of a bad situation, they're thinking of like prison, war, what they think of those things. It's like in that realm, but it is different. This, this, the best way I can explain is like. When a kid dies in a white neighborhood, like in the suburbs, it's a huge thing. Everyone comes out. Everyone's crying. The parents are upset. It makes the news. We talk about it. The school shuts down for a day. They're all mourning. When a kid dies in Flint, it's normal. Yeah. And it's not that those same feelings aren't there, right? The kid is still sad. He still misses his friend. Like it's a tragedy that the kid died, but the situation does. We don't have the resources to stop and be sad about it. And so then that becomes normal. Yeah. You know, and then that gets related to everything gets related to all the other behaviors you see. The reason why these kids act like they don't care. It's not that it's not traumatic. It's that it's not abnormal. Yeah. I, I, that, I mean, that sucks where something like that can be so normal that it's just overlooked. Like, so just like, eh, like every time you snap your fingers, it's like 10 people like that show they had on and um about Flint the the uh that was on Netflix. Yeah, that one was. And they're just like there's just I like a, even watched that. There's just like a dead dude and they're just zipping him up and it's just like trash. I mean, it's not. It's 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 man. People die every week in Flint. Like, yes, it's at least two people that die every week. Two so, do you think it slowed down? Yeah, because of what yeah, happened. Because, like it, this it whole epidemic and all this shit going down. You think no, it slowed down? Any epidemic and epidemic on me. So what do you think? Stuff maybe made it. Because you said it did kind of slow it down. Like, stuff slowed down in Flint as far as that. Since a a few years, I feel like since, like, 10 years ago, it was way worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, even before then, it was worse. But I remember it being worse. But the pandemic has made it worse. Everybody's been... At first, I felt like it it, it stopped it. Like, when the government shut it down, everybody was, like, not on shutdown, but, you know, not not on what everybody usually on. Like, it was more... Police are out all the time. Like everybody, kind of get along right now. Like mm-hmm. we already trying to. Our the money is already slowing down. Like that's like, the main priority right now. So yeah. But then it, it got back to you know those ways. Regular, regular old. It's even worse. Yeah, because everybody is all cooped up and so ready to be out. Like you go to every basketball court, his kids all out. Oh yeah. And you know now other adults got that same energy, you know, and the people that's doing out there doing bad stuff got the same energy and want to be out and go do whatever they doing. And um do you think it's some of it could have spiked a little bit cuz you're at home, you're seeing are you happy with what you have? Now you're day to day with this person that you don't know if you really want to spend the rest of your life with and you just have this angst and you're or just like agitated more. Like the kids are driving you crazy. Your wife's driving you crazy. You can't go to hang out, you know, at your favorite spot because it's closed down. Money's not coming in. So it makes you question, are you happy with the stuff you have? Like any of this shit mean anything? Like this material stuff? I feel like. I don't know. It means everything. I I wouldn't say everything, but a lot more. It means like 
60, 70%. Like, I always want to have nice stuff. I never knew nobody that's had nice stuff. Yeah. That's a lot of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, me as a kid looking up to people that were older with money. It's like, oh, this. Like, oh, why do you got this money? Like, why do you got all this shit? Every like, How do you get have. this shit? And it's really, as you get older, it's like, oh, more time. He had more time to work. He had, or she, more time to do this. It's not like, like when my kids, we were talking about this on the last show, when kids are watching YouTube videos and they see only the happy stuff that happens with this kid's channel and he's traveling with family and then you're looking at yourself like, my family doesn't do any of this stuff. Like, this sucks. Like, I, I'm, I, sh- I deserve this. And then it makes you angry. And then, you know, depending on your, what, you, what tools you have available to you, you maybe go out a little bit more with your friends, try to make some more money doing whatever you need to do, and you just get roped into that. It wouldn't be YouTube, it's rappers. <laughs> that, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you you never know them, but the only people that you know and have nice stuff is the people that's doing the stuff you don't want to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's like, like, I feel like you're about to say something about every problem you had, what? Every problem I have is because of money. For real. Then that's that's it, really, really. To be honest, it's like the older you get, you realize how much worse the situation is because there's no money. It's yeah. like there's no resources for anything. So what happens is kids get so focused on trying to fix their money problems that they neglect things that don't do with money. Things like how you interact with other people. Things like how you interpret your situation. You always have that in the back of your mind. That's so low on the totem pole because they have so many pressing issues revolving money. So then it's like kids do whatever they can to try to get money that by the time they're 20, frick, man, it's like they've never even asked themselves, like, why am I behaving this way? Why do I get so aggressive? Why do I do this? Why do I feel so scared all the time? These are questions that you have to afford to ask yourself. Yeah. You know, those questions don't mean anything if you're like, how am I going to eat today? Yeah. How am I going to pay so-and-so that money that I owe them because someone stuck me up and stole all my product and now I'm in for whatever? Like how close you are to oblivion. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And then some folks that never even have that thought. It's like, uh, like my, my one buddy had this, uh, he said this thing to his dad and made him crack up. I mean, it's not f- funny if you're not in that situation, but his dad opened the fridge and was like, oh, I don't know what to eat. Like there's so much stuff. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, first world problems, you know, and they had a little snicker about it, but it's like, but on the other end, people would be like, oh man, I wish I had something in my fridge. Like, except that same jar of pickles that's been in there for like three months. It's almost, well, you go. I know people without a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's that, the, the spectrum is so broad. And then in, on top of that, the nuance of every individual person. Yeah. Like, how, how different you are, what makes you tick compared to your brother, even though you share blood and, you know, house, everything, but you're still totally different people. Mm-hmm. Same with me, you know, my seven sisters, you know what I mean? We're all crazy and unique in our own different ways. Seven. Oh, a big fan. <laughs> There's nine of us total, but yeah. So I mean, well, okay. Well, that's one thing that I see is like it's almost worse to not be the poorest kid because what happens is to outsiders wanting to give help, they pick out whoever they see is in the worst situation. Okay. So it's like it's almost a worse spot when you're in Flint and you're not the kid that's the poorest when you're the second poorest because now no one's even trying to help you. Right, because all the resources that were coming in externally are going to that kid that was one step under you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, 
and it's not even like that. That's another thing too, is you know that there's people way worse off. Like a lot of times when people talk about Flint or they talk about areas like this, it's all about how hard it is and the struggle and the kids are this way because they're so poor. All that's true, but then they neglect what else is true. Like that relationship that you build with your friends. I mean, frick, it's hard to find that unless you're in a situation. You can't have a war buddy unless you went through war, right? Yeah. So then you you tell them like, oh, it's so bad. You need to leave that behind. Abandon your friends. They're being bad. That behavior is true. It's bad to do, you know, rob people and hang out with gangsters. But how are you going to tell a kid where the only compensation he got for being so poor and so far back is that he has really good brothers that he went through it with? Right. And then you tell him to leave them? You can't. Yeah. Can't tell to leave somebody. That's, fam- them, that's like it's family. Like. So what have you been doing to uh, to change your ways or whatever? <laughs> What's, what I mean, are you saying? <laughs> no, answer the question. No, I just I've been working, working at Burger King really. Yeah. Until I get eighteen so I can just get a factory job. Yeah. How old are you? Um seventeen. No, I'm finna be fifteen. I mean eighteen and on the fifteenth. Yeah, on the fifteenth. Yeah. Couple three days. days I think. Two days. Yeah. Two days. Two days. That's yeah, good. we're almost there. So yeah, I mean don't just because like I've I've had some very terrible shitty jobs where but I'm like, it's bringing in money and that's what I need. So right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you like, be patient, but also, yeah, I mean, be patient. And like, I'm not telling you what to do. Like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you got to do this and this, like get that shitty job out of your way. Get the experience. I want advice from you, man. Look at your house. <laughs> this, this, this is, you this is luck and time. Like I didn't, I was asked to do something from a company that makes too much money. And they asked, do you want to be a part of this? And I'm like, yeah. And then I just, that's it. I just work. Like my dad, all my sisters, all our family, all we do, all we've ever done was just work, 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 work. That's the only reason why I have anything. So, and there's a lot of luck and there's some discipline thrown in there too. But I, I, I work a lot, but I like to play a lot too. Like I really wish I didn't never had to work and money wasn't a thing. We could chill. I do something for you. You do something for me. There's no money trading hands. That would be ideal, but it's, you, the f- way, it's like the way it, the way it is. It's, it's not like that. It's not set up that way. Yeah. That's exactly the problem it's, for it's, kids like us. is not set up like this. We can't work. Or they like, do. Like, no, no, I'm saying we can't work. Like there's no place we can. Can rob people and stuff. I mean, yeah, we can <laughs> rob people. That's yeah. not work. Yeah, like, there's know, no sustain, sustainable work around yeah. Flint. Like for kids like me, like, that's that they're exactly their situations they need it now like they need a job now they need money now like they need real money like grown man money yeah i would say to you if i could give you any advice you could you know you got a smart brother here he's he's a good dude um thank you but yeah there you go (laughs) validate it no (laughs) but if i could give you any advice it would be just be patient and keep people around you that are wanting good things for you and Go out of your way maybe to do things for other people that you may not normally do, like nice things. Let you know, maybe even somebody you don't know that very that well. Even if if you have means, it means you gotta you gotta do something with it, not just hoard it, like collect all collecting all these toys and these coins and this money. Because it's not really about that. I think it's more about helping somebody. And then they help somebody and then they help you back. And it just goes around. But I'd say be patient, get the shitty jobs out of your way, 
try to try to save some, you know, some cash for whatever, for some stupid stuff. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to say, cause I'm still figuring it out. You lawyer. know what I mean? So, huh? A lawyer. <laughs> a lawyer. You want, is that what you want to be? No, just save my money for a lawyer. Oh. <laughs> that's what you, that's what you need Can't money never go for? wrong with a lawyer. <laughs> like a lawyer friend? No, or like just a lawyer. You just need to have one? Yeah, just to have one. Just on, just. On retainer. Just yeah. chilling. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think you're going to need one. I, <laughs> I think as as long as you uh I mean you stick with your bro here. He's got I mean he works hard. He does a lot of stuff on the side. You know him better than I do and I see yeah. this stuff. So I mean it's not like he's a superhuman being or anything like that. I think it's he's just a person just like you and me. It's just experience, time and discipline. I know, right? I'm boring as fuck. <laughs> No, it's not that. It's not he's that. like, all right, is this over yet? <laughs> I don't begin up this early. No, no, what do you mean? It's, it's two like, o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> so my thing is like the biggest thing that I've seen the difference between kids living in like severe poverty and then kids who don't um, really is how forward thinking they can be, mm. and a lot of that comes from experience also. So if you see your parents or your grandparents, right, with retirement and blah blah blah, yeah. you aspire for that. What happens when you're in a situation where, A, there's hardly any old people around, and if they are, they are not successful. They're on crack. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, then you're looking at, well, I don't want that. What do, what do I need now? You look at the guy who's not that. So it's like I talk all the time about, like, you know, just F your shoes. Like, I'm not into spending all your money in something that will depreciate value soon. Mm. But the reason that kids need those shoes in those situations is they need to feel like they're not poor now. They need to feel like they're not helpless right now. Yeah. And they need that confidence boost so they can go do whatever they got to do to eat tomorrow. So it's like those decisions take away from the longevity of it. You know, I, to me, it's the mindset of the immediacy, what happens tomorrow. I got to think about today. That if I could wish away one problem from the ghetto, that's what I would wish away. I, I, I know it sucks. I know it's hard, but it's like, I want these kids to start thinking about their retirement. Like what happens when you're 60? Yeah. You know, this when you can't rob people anymore. This isn't permanent. Yeah. Nothing's permanent. Like, that's one thing that I try to, even people that are older than me, I'm like, you're like 60. Like, I mean, if you're lucky, you got 20 years to go. Have y'all ever robbed somebody? Have I ever robbed someone? I've stolen a bunch. Yeah, I've stolen stuff from people. Not like, hey, give me your shit. No. The closest. We call those finesses. When you steal from somebody. But they didn't know you stole from them? Yeah, that's a finesse. I stole from people that knew I stole from them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, but you still like. Finesse them like yeah. I'm. T- I'm too it's smart to rob, to be honest, because I'm. I I was always too good at finessing. That it's like robbing should always be the second option because once you rob someone, you can't rob them again without confrontation. Mm. Like if you're taking advantage of the fact they don't know what's going on, once you rob them, you broke them. Now the next time they know what's going on, that's what happened to me. So it's like for me, it's much better to do this long finesse. Or at least it was. I mean, I don't. I don't still steal. John, when do you go to work? <laughs> like, John, like, like you, you do a couple episodes on the podcast, and then he's comfortable, and then bam, then yeah. you get him. He's, he's in it. He knows what's going on. Um, no, though. So for and again, it's because like that's not what I could have done. It's like me being that hard, tough, gonna rob people. If that was an option, I think I could have figured out how to do it. To be honest, but I'm so not that guy because I've never learned that skill. Right, because when I had to survive living in the ghetto, I was smart, or I just I'd use what I had. 
And I knew I had a face where people didn't think I was intimidating. People saw me, they mm-hmm. thought I was white, so they thought I had money, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I just moved in that lane. You know what I mean? So it's like I see these other kids doing other things, and it's like I don't think they're any dumber than me. I just think like they operated in the lane that they were given the same way I did. It's like people ask me like all the time, like, well, how come you grew up in Flint and haven't been arrested and stuff? I mean, I've done illegal things, but it's like, bro, I was just doing what I had to do, and that's how it worked out. Yeah. You know? You're just somebody that maybe slipped through or whatever. But I mean, also, was, you like you said, you have to be smart about stuff. Like, you've seen people fail hard. You've seen mm. the outcome of these folks that are four times your age, and they're on crack trying to get money, collecting pop bottles and whatever. And you're like, I'm not doing that. Some of those people used to be drug dealers. For real. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot of them. It's crazy. You know, they rob until they're not physically able, then they beg, you know. A lot of the beggars you see were, were like that young kid I met the other day. You know what I mean? It's like you can be good at it while your body allows you, but that's that's short term. Then you yeah. get old and you're just a crackhead and a beggar. Your mind too. Just fuck with you. Oh, For yeah. Sure. Especially after putting all that stuff in your body and who knows. Just like smoking cigarettes. Like, Yeah, if you smoked oh, a cigarette, well, right? Well, people do. All people see people nod off. Like, man, like kids I used to go to school with, same age. Like, that's crazy. I pull up, I see him just nodding off in the back seat. Like I'm like, dang, bro. Like if he would have threw up, he would have died all over. Like yeah, just so messed up. I'm like, dang, bro. What? Like we used to be in, used to go, go out to recess together. Like yeah, chase but, girls. If well, you if you smoked a cigarette right now, one cigarette, and you got cancer right away, would you? If they're like, hey, if you smoke this, you will get cancer right after you smoke. You want this right now? You'd be like, I'm just saying. You'd be like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. But this is like. You know, yeah, it's, it's not like you're going to get it right away. So that's, you know, they're, they're not thinking about that now. Like you were saying, like, like, right. Like getting cancer when you're 80 only matters if you think you'll be 80. Yeah. Like, Oh, who cares? I'm not going to live to see 80. I'm, not, I'm just yeah, going to do whatever. Lot of people I mindset too. Yeah. Like they, they look at like some people, man, they have it so bad. Like all of their friends just did. Like, mm. I know some people were like, his main five people was just all I did. Like, you gonna think the same thing Like you, you can't tell him nothing Yeah Gosh The worst part is when you see a kid Or like when you're the younger Right So when you're young And you don't know anything You see this dude And he's moving around He knows how to move He knows how to talk He's just surviving right He looks so smart to you He looks like he's got it all figured out And then that dude dies Yeah So what happens is When he dies You think to yourself I was nowhere near as prepared As he was to survive And it still got him these are the moments where I see kids make huge shifts where they're like, I need to do something right. Like that sense of urgency builds up where they realize that they are susceptible to that same fate. And that's when they get really desperate. They grow up quick, man. Yeah. Right. We're moving on. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so what, 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 you, what do you want to, what do you want to like, what are you sp- aspiring to be or do? Like, do you have like a, something that, that you've always been like, man, I really want to do this when I get older or whatever. Like, not like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? But, um, nah, I never really had nothing like that. I just, I just want to be successful. But I guess now I've kind of found an interest in guns. Okay. But I, I want to see if I can make it legal. Like, I can build guns, like, um, Glocks and like ARs. That'd be cool. He actually knows a bunch about guns. Like, yeah. Have you ever thought about doing some type of like apprenticeship while you're working 
just to get a little bit more experience. Never even heard of that. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I, I haven't either. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I wonder if there's like some type of avenue where you could be like, Hey, I'll come to your shop for free for like a couple hours that I can spare during the week, maybe a scheduled time. And you show me some stuff. And I know it sounds like romantic and it's like, you know, so I would say this, I would say that that skill that we're talking about being successful through creative, just what would you call it? Um, just, I guess, thinking Gun, about the situation. Gunsmithing? Well, I mean, what? because what, there's no real blueprint on how to sell drugs. There's no real blueprint on how to rob people. It's like yeah. there's an abstract thought, and then by doing it and experiencing it, you learn the right way to do it. Yeah. What I've seen from these kids, and even like that, I mean, he's probably 25, the dude who came up on me the other day in the alley, they've acquired that skill. You learn that skill from being in situations where you're unfamiliar, and then it forces you to survive it, right? Mm. So it's like, I've seen that in RJ. I've seen a lot of RJ's friends where it's like, how do you make money selling guns legally? Like, I don't know, but I know like you could do it. You just have to figure it out. Kids have that skill. They just need the resources to know what to do with it in the right way. Yeah. Whether it's learning how to sell guns legally, whether it's learning how to build a social network, whether it's learning how to market yourself online. Like once they had those things, so many of these kids could be successful. Yeah. Another thing too is, if he wants to do whatever he wants to do, like a gunsmith, it's like, okay, I want to do this. What's well, more custom guns, right? Like you buy the gun, like you're not physically making the metal. It's like, yeah, I don't think most of those people do. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know what polymer eighties are? Polymer eighties. Yeah. I know polymer. Um, and I was born in the eighties. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's hip. I'm, I'm, in. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm down. No, <laughs> Sorry, Am I that older fucking nerdy dude that okay? Oh, let me get some water. He's he's dying over here. All right. Don't do that. Uh talk about old people stuff. <laughs> but um okay, like they're uh the guns that they're called eighty percent lowers, that's what they are. Oh, okay. And they're the gun without any holes in it. They're not finished. Yeah. Okay. You know what those are? I think so. They get lower receivers for ARs, mostly uh-huh. like that. And they get and them machined at a shop. And Glocks, yeah. No, you can do it at home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's you. they're they're designed for a, a drill press or whatever. Okay. But it's actually better to use a Dremel. Okay. Yeah, so I just, I make those. And with, there's a lot of customization you can do with them. Like, the market is so, 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 so big. Like, you can imagine anything you want on a Glock, any customization like yeah that's cool though. just call of duty it out yeah <laughs> so it's like I've, I've had conversations with rj for like 12 minutes where i hear him talking about everything he just knows about how to customize gun mm-hmm. and i'm like you've obviously know so much about this where it's like okay you could maybe be successful in that what i wish is that kids either found that or found that other thing they need that thing that interesting enough to them that they can learn enough about it that they can then use the skills that they've learned to be creative yeah. and successful because, I mean, it sounds like you like you would like to do it. It's not like, oh, yeah, I could make money doing this. It's like, no, I like doing this, and I could make money doing this. It's just I don't know how to make money illegally. The it. the legal infrastructure is less familiar. At, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, research. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would have to. Okay, like, let, let me ask you this, Jack. All right. I give you a Try gun, me. and it has no serial number. It's illegal. <laughs> okay. And I tell you that this gun is worth two grand to the right person, and you have 24 hours to go get it. What do you do? Huh? It's a, it's a fact. You can get two grand for it. I know. Tomorrow. The right person. Right. Go find them. Get them. 
Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah. Depending on which one you're talking about, but definitely you can. I wouldn't say it wouldn't be a definite thing. Mind, so would, in this, would, it would be a lot of work involved. With that. <laughs> well, eh, depends. Because in the same way that you right now are not ready to find that guy who's willing to pay two grand for it because mm-hmm. he's a felon and needs it to do whatever mm-hmm. and it looks cool. Blah blah blah. Um, these kids don't know how to do it in the legal channels. Yeah. RJ knows seven people right now who would buy that same gun yeah. for two grand, right? I know but, right now. Like, <laughs> just... But okay, then the question becomes, well, okay, well, RJ, there's this gun. You can sell it legally for 1000 You have 24 hours to do it. How do you do that? I don't even know. It's probably even no harder. Idea. Okay, what about you, John? Like, do you, you probably know a guy who's looking for something. I know, if I you know were, a few collectors. Yeah, you could. So it's like that gap is what happens through situations. Because RJ's put in a situation where he encounters 20 dudes who have felons and need guns and are willing to pay two grand, and you don't. Mm-hmm. Same way that you probably know a couple dudes who are gun enthusiasts, use it as a hobby. They're willing to buy a legal gun, and maybe they have money. They're willing to spend enough if it looks cool. RJ hasn't been exposed to that. Room yet. Yeah. You know? So it's like the more conversations you have where it's like, A, you learn this system that RJ knows. Yeah. Um, then we better understand how to help it, how to fix it. The more RJ learns the people in your room, he knows how to make money that's not illegal. Yeah. You know? But it, it, I guess it's... What we, is started, that? we started up speaking the same language yeah. once you start talking to more people. Like, like that's that's an issue. I mean, always an issue. Yeah. I mean, it's what? Segregation, basically. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all. That's everything. You know, not everything, but a lot of stuff <laughs> that's wrong is uh, speaking the same... Like, uh, like, oh, I can understand you. Yeah, I mean, these... Not these like c- different languages, like... Japanese yeah, versus on the same page. Yeah. I mean, these kids aren't dumb, bro. They're not dumb. They're yeah. creative kids. Half the time, they're, they've been put in situations where they had to figure stuff out that most people don't get to till they're like mid-20s, 30s. Most people don't have a midlife crisis till they're 30. Yeah. When you live in the ghetto, you have a midlife crisis. You could every week. They happen so much that eventually, every time a midlife crisis comes up, it's like your friend dying and you just you normalize it. Yeah. Now, what that does for them is they learn skills to operate within that situation, right? They learn valuable skills. Now, they just have no infrastructure, nowhere to put those skills to a use that's not self-damaging or short-term benefits, things like that. Um. So, what what have you been doing to, like, I don't know if you want to call <laughs> just, it help him or, like, you know. Whatever. Just yelling at him, just yeah. telling him he's doing wrong all the time. <laughs> I've, you know, I'm a firm believer in the stick versus the carrot. <laughs> just, <laughs> um. So my biggest challenge is like, you know, you can't, you can bring a horse to water, can't make him drink. Mm -hmm. There's two things. First off, I know how it worked for me. And like you said earlier, we're all different. So through painting, I got a thing that like I was able to devote myself in enough. I don't make a whole bunch of money on it yet, but I do. All right. But RJ, if he has no interest in painting, I'm like, that's the one thing that I was able to latch on to. Same way. Like if he was making a million dollars customizing guns and I was like, Hey, let me put you on. I'm like, bro, I don't. Nothing about that. Like what? <laughs> and I'm colorblind now. You can't even put me on. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So what does this table look like? It's oh, <laughs> is it messing with you? It's no, no. It's hard to describe. Like, like the best way I can describe to somebody, try to imagine a new color. I can't. Yeah, this you can't. You, you not mix a color. So like that's already named. So something doesn't look yellow. It looks like a off color of that color. If you were to get a color wheel and take like. Almost take like ninety five percent of the red out, 
and like thirty percent of the green out. That's the color. So I like, see. what does this it's right the best here way look I can like? Describe. I can't. I can't. So I mean, the, you so I mean, eyes. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, like, what does that look like to you though? That's red. That looks like red to me. So yeah. this color right. would look the same as roughly the table, yeah. Then move your hand. Mm, kind of. This is a little darker. I'm imagining. What about, yeah. what about this? So this, he can see the blue in this, but what he's not seeing is the yellow, right? So it looks green to me though, because it's an alien. He can tell it's green, but then this would look close to this over here, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, because the difference between these is what you're not That's seeing. That's like almost like a turquoise or something. So to me, being colorblind, yeah, that looks just green. These look the same because to him, he's not noticing what makes this color different than that color. Like okay. the difference between blue and purple is, I can't tell blue and purple because he doesn't all. Okay. pick up the red. I don't. So he sees the blue in at both. all. Okay. I think it's a great analogy. Being colorblind is a great analogy for people not having the same perspective as one another. Mm. So when you see a kid from the ghetto and he's super gangster and hood, he looks blue to you, right? And he looks blue because you don't see the yellow in it because you don't know the experiences that he's had to make it green. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, if you understood what he lived from any, it is blue to you. Do you blues been blue is blue is blue. Every gangster kid you see looks like every other gangster kid and you know that they might end up in jail or whatever and blah, blah, blah. They're blue. What you're not seeing is the yellow in that color to make them green, which is how they're creative, which is how they're smart, how they're innovative, right? Yeah. If you could see those things, then we can start labeling these kids as something else and then working on those characteristics. Yeah. You know, I think being colorblind, RJ's physically colorblind with color, but everyone is has something that they've never seen before. If you've never experienced going to the suburbs, if you've never experienced what life is like in a stable home, if you've never experienced what life is like in an unstable home, if you've never experienced trauma before, that's like seeing a new color. Yeah. You know, and it changes every color you see after that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you. That's all he wanted. We did. Yeah, we, we, uh, went to the FIA. They have, um, those, what do they call those glasses? Colorblind glasses. Oh yeah. The chroma. Yeah. Chroma, chroma glasses. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. Didn't do anything for you? No, I saw red. I didn't. And you're like, and I saw purple for the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Red, it looks the same to me, but it's just like, like the vibrant, vibrant of it is just insane. Like I was like, it was like hurting my eyes almost. It was so wow. vibrant. Like, do you still have them, or is that something that you um, just tried while you were there? I just tried while I was there. And in purple, I loved purple, but I had on purple shoes and I didn't know they were purple. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I hated them. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, bro, I'm like, the color was looking dope, but I'm like, bro, these are ugly as hell. Like. <laughs> Oh my god, that's crazy! I would imagine if you ever got to a point where you were successful legally and living what we would call whatever the American dream or something, you would look back on your situation now in the same way you looked at those shoes, right? You knew what they looked like, you knew that you liked them before, but then once you like stopped being colorblind, quote unquote, saw the other thing in it to make them purple, they just looked so different. Mm. And that's really what it is. Like when you come out of a situation like living in Flint, you look back and it's just a totally different color now. Yeah. Cause I've, I've, I've lived in questionable places, whatever you want to call them. And you go back there and you're like, well, thank God I'm not here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's sad for the people that can't like when someone's just like, yeah, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just get on with it. It's like, I can't, you can't just do that. I can't imagine a color I've never seen, bro. Yeah, mm. this is true. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good analogy, man. I see colors different though. Like I read way more. Like people used to always ask me growing up, 
like, what color's my shirt? What color's this? I'm like, I know your shirt's blue because who wears purple polos? Mm. You know, the grass is green because it's in a poem. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. roses is red. The yeah. sky is blue. Yeah. yeah. Like, they asked me simple stuff like that. Like, my brother tried to hold up a USA poster and and, and asked me what colors it is. I'm like, bro, it's red, white, and blue. Like, I didn't even have, like, yeah. I read way differently. Like, I, I look at life differently. Yeah. Just slightly, though. So, it's yeah. like, that's a good analogy for what we were talking about earlier about being in drama. Or, like, being creative to come out of it, right? So, like, when someone says, what color is that car? RJ knows already it's one of the colors that usually I can't see. Otherwise, it wouldn't ask me. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so most people, when you're looking at colors, that thought process doesn't happen. But he's learned that skill. So the first thing is like they're pointing at a car. Okay, what type of car is it? If it's a nice car, you know it can be a tertiary color, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't make bummy old cars turquoise. Yeah. Right? So then it's like, well, it looks blue to me, but I'm guessing it's probably turquoise. Because it looks nice, and you brought it up, so I know it's a color I can't so see. Something. So I'm going to say turquoise. All that happens subconsciously. So like this shirt looks blue. Yeah, it's purple. It's purple. Yeah. And he knew that because you're like a very feminine person, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, that's probably purple." And the light <laughs> under the table is like a purple light. See, yeah, I was blue. I can't tell yeah. the difference between blue and purple at all. That's, Those are the worst colors to me. I like I like purple and green for some reason. I don't know. It's just like I don't know if they're just so contrasting and they just appealing to the eye for me. But I was thinking the Joker. Purple and green. This is true. I can't see yellow lights. You can't see like yellow the lights? yellow and red lights look the same, like the flashing ones. Oh, like when they're they're right next to each other, I can tell because they look different. Like I can see the shade. Like oh, that one's lighter, that one's darker. Uh huh. But when it's just the flashing, I don't know if it's like a, a flashing yellow or a yeah. flashing red. I oh, always just yeah. slow down or watch traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, if there's no other cars stopping, yeah. I'm just gonna go. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be weird. So, um, is this something that you probably want to like get after is uh gunsmithing or customization? Is that something that I mean, it's something that you're very into right now and it's okay to be into something and then change your mind. Like that's another thing too, is it's okay to change your mind. And just like with thoughts and analogies and you're like, damn, I never thought of it that way. Like, see, I got to see, like, I don't even know if it's going to be profitable. Like, mm-hmm. I will, of course, I'm going to do it for my hobby. Like, I'm going to have all the guns in my house are going to be made by me. Yeah. <laughs> no, not all of them, but, you know, a lot of them. That's cool, though, just to have that. Yeah, you know, because my mom will have a gun made by me, my brother. You know, everybody get a good <laughs> Christmas gift gun, but I don't know if it's a... If if I can do it profitably and make it a business, of course I will. But yeah. I don't, I'm not sure on the legal side. Like, I don't know nothing about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say I do know you can, you can't legally gift it to people, but if they say they're the manufacturer, then it's fine. Like, and you just keep it in the home, or mm. you can carry it on you if you're still the manufacturer. You just say you built it. Oh, okay. there's no proof that you didn't build it. Huh? That's your, you know. So there's loopholes. Yeah, <laughs> give her more. Give her all the packaging. You know, give whoever all the packaging. Oh, I got you. Like, yeah, I have, I have all the. You just buy it offline. So what's the plan for right now? Just work. Just work. Go to work. I'm working back. Are you doing anything with your brother? Um, yeah, whatever he's doing, I'm just trying to tag along. <laughs> just really. hanging out. It's yeah. it's hard because like my field of interest is so different Such for a, his right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I always try to you know I have RJ build canvases and stretch things and anytime I have a mural he'll maybe come out. But it's like to make him like a full time mind assistant, like a studio assistant. 
he'd have to want to work towards working in a studio. So it's like for him, it's like, I'll, I'll give him little jobs here and there when I can, but I recognize like, this isn't the thing he likes. You know what I mean? If I was into customizing guns, we'd be set. Yeah. Maybe painting, <laughs> maybe doing some painting. Do I paint there. on the guns? Like, how does this, <laughs> do we shoot someone and I paint on them? Like, <laughs> how do we turn the trick on this? <laughs> uh, maybe you could have like a nice painting and you could just shoot the shit shoot out of it. Shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, like that's edit, we're, we're keeping that don't that's that's patented patent pending on that idea shoot it <laughs> um yeah that could be you never know yeah. you never know get creative um but yeah that's cool though um like i wish like my older brother was more of a brother to me like he was we were so separate you know what i mean such different like age-wise and what he was into i mean i was a kid and he's got a pager and he's popping in and out of the house every day. I didn't, I was like, Oh, he's got a lot of friends. He's cool. Like I didn't mm-hmm. really know what was going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that, I wish, you know, I had somebody like that, like a brother, you know what I mean? That, that I could be like, Hey, what are you into this week? I wish I, I was more of that. I was just, other, you know. I was just finna say like, not to downplay whatever he's doing now. Cause what he's doing now, like you're doing way, way more than like anybody can ask for it. But the time where I was growing up and I really needed that, he was going through so, so much on his own. He was going through what I'm going through now. Like, I can't be that to anybody else either, you know? Like, yeah, that's I got you. It's, he, and he was going through more. He had some other stuff, that, you know? like <laughs> That's another show he, we're going to have to get into. He really <laughs> needed to, to, to yeah. get his home straight in, you know? Well, so my thing is, I mean, what, Zoran was that then, yeah? What? Was that brother type figure, the person to show you basically how to survive the situation oh, you were in? Because yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. How much more time you got if you want to get into that, dude? It's up to you. I'm. I don't have. I think it's a good story I because out today, today's. Like to a, me, the relationship between you and Zaran. Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll speak on first my situation. So I was on the church bus and we were picking up kids from the Regencies, which, if no one knows, is like bad, like bad, bad. Hmm. That's the worst area of Flint, which is arguably one of the worst per capita cities in there, like an apartment. Yeah, it, it's it's the worst area because it's so small. And it's condensed. So, yeah. like, you go to the super north end, like, you know, whatever, Pasadena and stuff. Um, it, they're though. spread out. Like, there's gangsters, but then there's, like, ten abandos in between them. Mm-hmm. You go to Regencies, they're all together, bro. They're 100 feet away from each other. Yeah. It's it, it really is like a prison. So, anyway, we're going in there. We're picking up kids. Um, there was this kid, Tyrone. He had a bunch of little brothers and sisters. They would come on the bus. And I had to kick Tyrone off the church bus one time for getting into a fight. And I tried to tell him why it was important. I tried to tell him, like, look, I understand that you need to behave that way when you're in the seas. But I'm like, you need to also learn a skill where you put that away. Like, there's times where you can't be hard and thug and threatening people. And church is one of those things. And I'm trying to get you to learn that so that when you do get a real job, you're not threatening everyone at the cash register. Yeah. <laughs> so long story short, kick Tyrone off. Doesn't come on the bus again. I see him here and there, but he doesn't really come to church anymore. Since he's the oldest brother, his younger siblings don't come either. Meanwhile, one of his younger siblings, Zaran, he links up with RJ unbeknownst to me, right? So I never really got to connect with Zaran because he was too young. So instead of coming to church, he stays in the seas. He stays in the streets. He learns that. He gets a little older. He meets RJ. He teaches him that. Um, I'll let you pick it up from there if you want. I don't know where you're going. I was interested in what you were saying. <laughs> well, okay. So, I mean, we could, I guess we could sum it up. So then the, I don't know any of this is going on until Zaran dies. Zaran dies. I say huge switch in RJ where now it's the sense of urgency is much different. He realizes he's not as young as he used to be. 
Uh, so this is when he starts. Well, I mean, his behavior was getting whatever. But anyway, moving on. So Zoran gets shot. I feel very personally responsible, not at the time, because I never knew that I could have helped the kid. Yeah. In fact, truth be told, I cursed his name. How old was he when he died? How old is Zoran? 17? Yep. 17. Is that who's on your chain? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I saw you pull it out once you guys started talking about him. So, so what happens is. Oh my. No, I think Zoran was 16. 16? Yeah, Zoran was 16. So. I see my brother doing behavior that's very scary. I see him idolizing this kid who, in my mind, is nothing but a gangster. He's blue, right? Mm. And I resented him for that. I resented that he taught my brother these skills that were going to get him killed in my mind. So for me, it's like it wasn't until I realized that Zaran was a kid that I could have tried to help too. And the reason I wasn't helping RJ is because I was busy trying to save the ghetto. Mm. And then when I gave up on the ghetto... That kid went back to my brother, right? And taught him all this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you guess you pick it up from there. That, that's, that's all I know about it. Well, I mean, I've, I've had a realization where I obviously don't hate Zaran anymore. He's just an RJ from a different home. And in the same way that I couldn't be everything to help RJ, Tyrone couldn't be everything to help Zaran. <laughs> it's like the cycle just continues, bro. It's like people doing their best to try to help their younger brothers, quote unquote, but we're all so young and also inexperienced. Yeah. So Ron could only teach RJ what he knew and he didn't know anything else because I didn't help him learn something else. So all he knew was street stuff. So did you, hold on. So you guys were like, not, you guys were like friends or whatnot before this kind of, and you had a little bit of falling out. Who? Azran and no, no. no so no, I mean, um, I'm so much older than RJ that yeah. at this point I'm an adult picking up kids. Okay, I got you for for the church bus. Let's you. let's clarify that yeah, real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to edit that yeah. out. No. No. But no, so I mean, Tyrone was 14 at the time when I I think I told him I kicked him off the bus really for a couple of weeks, but he never came you back. You were just trying to help these kids, and he was just problematic or what have you. And well, I, mean, I got like, 40 other kids on the bus too. Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to help all them, and I can't have the one kid threatening everybody. And you didn't know that. RJ and Zaran were hanging out. I didn't know who Zaran was until I was young. I didn't even know. Didn't two even years after he died, and that Zeran. was Zaran talking about his no. issues with 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 your older no, brother. No, or it wasn't. It was okay. We we still went to church once in a while. He went to church. I didn't go to church. He went to church once in a while, and I, it's so crazy that, I, that that that's that's his church. Because man, he used to talk about church like is his. I knew it was his only safe house. Like it's the only place he felt safe. Like I knew it. I knew it. That is the only place. That's he would. He wouldn't. We would always smoke. We always smoking. He wouldn't smoke before he go to church because church wouldn't like him high. Yeah. Like he would. He would. He he respected church. He he loved church. And yeah. Not even not even could, just for the aspect of God, just for being there. He would never talk about the service. He's like, oh, bro, we we play basketball. We do this. We do that. Like stuff. Yeah. I just feel like it, it bothers you a little bit. It bothers both you guys, but I mean, losing anybody is bad, but I could see that it. I mean, my biggest regret is like during the time Zaran was coming to. So, like, when I was dealing with Tyrone, which is his older brother, Zaran is what, three, four years younger? Three years younger? No, Tyrone is like 21. So he's, he's a bit younger? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so when Zaran was coming to church on and off, I wasn't as involved in the services yeah. either. Okay. So I, I, I'm sure I've met him just because like Tyrone had a bunch of younger brothers and sisters, and I've seen him in and out. He knows every, but knows everyone besides. I'm right. Like, you know, I, I know all of his brothers. <laughs> I think maybe 
like I said, when when I thought Zaran was just a hoodlum and just a gangster and was just trying to teach my brother skills that would get him killed, um, I resented the kid. I really did. Yeah. Not because I hated him, but I loved my brother and I saw what his what I thought was ill advice was doing. It wasn't until I mean, maybe that's why it took me so long to connect the dots to realize that Zaran was a kid that I let down personally. I mean, I don't know, man. It's tough because it's like you can only do what you can do and you can't save everyone, but then it sucks when not saving someone comes back into your own home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that bother you still today? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think about the kid often. Uh, It bothers me more that I let myself get so mad at him. Mm. Like, that's the part that I really could have helped. When I, I, I probably couldn't have saved Zaran's life. I tried really hard to keep Tyrone in church. I probably couldn't have done better. I tried really hard to advise RJ. Uh, I probably couldn't. I mean, I, I did at least as much. I don't feel bad about that. But I feel really bad that I ever got to a point that I hated that kid. Mm. That I, I looked at him as just another gangster. Yeah. You know, that's the first time I ever looked at one of these kids and was like, I saw what I know the rest of the country sees in them. In the just blue. I yeah. was colorblind when it came to that. Hmm. That's a, yeah. It's a very nuanced thing. You know what I mean? That's like, I I wouldn't know. Like, I feel bad for you. You know, eh. I feel bad for you just losing a friend. You know what I mean? It's just. Well, I mean, at least out of the two of us, I'm, you know, my, it turned out better for me. As bad as I feel about it, Zaran can't feel anything about it. So, I mean, that's yeah. stuff, man. So, how close were you and uh, Zaran, RJ? Man, we, it was about, I didn't, I knew him for like, I would say four years, but it was only, um, I think about four or five years. No, I think it was like four, four and a half. But we was close for like the past two years. Like we didn't, we didn't leave each other's side. Like came home every, like every day until probably eight o'clock because it was school or we got in trouble. Like, but if if we could hang out that night, it was definitely, it was every, every single day. You guys were just trying to hang out whenever you could hang out. We stayed like, he stayed like probably half a mile down the street. Oh, okay. We went to the same school, rode the same bus. How long ago did he pass away? Um, a year and a half now, I think. Okay. So yeah. it's still pretty fresh, you know. I mean, something like that, you know. Losing anybody's like, not like, oh, okay, well, it's... It's supposed to be, man. It's yeah. supposed to be a whole thing. And that's the worst part. Yeah. Is like, when you're in a situation that you're so desperate, you got to keep moving. Like, that's worse than, like, your friend dying. It's that you don't even get to acknowledge and be sad about it. Yeah. You know? Have you ever, have you done anything with, uh, like his image or anything? Uh, patent pending on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get, I, me and Jeremy did a little one in an abando where I was trying to teach Jeremy how to spray paint. So we used Zaran's image to do it. Um, really trying to work up to something where we can give this kid some type of memorial. Yeah. And it's like, like I said, I'll admit, I'm the first one to admit, I did not know him personally. Didn't yeah. never really had a conversation with him that I can recollect. But I do know that whoever, whatever happened to this kid, it could have been way different. I do know that he's not a gangster, and I do know he didn't deserve to die. So, I mean, I'm trying really hard to do some type of project that can at least speak to that. Yeah. You definitely met him. I know you've met him. I, remember I know. I've, I've met all of his brothers and sisters. I mean, you've, you've met all my friends, too, because he's just been around. Like That was the, the real reason. He's been in the house. Like He, he used to bro, fall asleep on dad's chair, and he would... Man, like him and dad were real cool too. For I, real? Yeah, because Zeron, he ain't had no dad. That's crazy. Jesse's like his older brother. I mean, like his dad, but he's his older brother still. It's 
It's tough too, man, because like even when, so like when I was going into the seas and talking to these kids, they're a lot like I was when I got robbed in the sense of that they're just so confused by what's going on and they've learned to never feel that way. Mm. Any kid in the ghetto, as soon as they're in a situation that's unfamiliar, that's dangerous. Yeah. And that's why they're so reluctant to do things like come to church or they're so reluctant when you go and you're like, Hey, let's, we'll try to find your job and this and that. It's like, you're speaking like, so foreignly or there's some, something like what's, what's the shake here? Like what yeah. are you trying to trick me to do this or something like that. It just feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And they've learned that anytime they're uncomfortable, someone's getting over on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've learned. That. Um, yeah. That's why it's hard. It's hard for me to like, you know, I'm like, Hey, yeah, just do the research and you could get in as apprenticeship and make guns. And I'm like, well, no, not really. <laughs> like, that's just, like, I mean, I'm, research, like, I'm just thinking like, those guns illegally. Like, I, I give people <laughs> a chance. You know what I mean? Like I would, you know, I'm, I'm thinking without any borders or walls or whatever, just like, yeah, there's somebody out there looking for you. You know what I mean? So unfamiliar. Man. I mean, there is to but a certain extent, weird. Yeah. but it's just like, who are those people? How do I get to know those people? Yeah. Exactly. Well, maybe hopefully one of them is listening. There you go. You need a gun? Because we got one for three grand. (laughs) This is just a long sales pitch. I know we said two earlier, but it's been an hour ago. Yeah, I mean, market is volatile. It's changing rapidly. Act now. Um, You got any guns? Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, guns. Well, I have a a couple rifles, nothing high power, but just uh, I got a Ruger 1022, which I think everybody should have one just because they're so much fun and customizable. So many aftermarket pieces and components, and you could make that thing a sniper rifle if you really wanted to. It shoots a little, like a little booger that goes really fast. And then I got a twenty-two uh, um, Magnum that's just like a steel, like a heavy barrel, like target, not target, but very damn accurate, like shooting golf balls at like a hundred yards, like over and over and over. What's the gun that you sold me? Uh, Gifted me. That I built. <laughs> <laughs> what's the gun that I built, RJ? <laughs> like, what's the the Glock 23. See, oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know anything about guns. What it yeah, it got, looks cool. We got a couple handguns, too. We got a, a 380, just like a, I think the Smith & Wesson bodyguard, little undermount under laser mm. built into it. Um, I, I, I use that when I used to prostitute. Um, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, a good one to keep in the purse. Yeah, <laughs> like it fits in most places. Yeah, that's a really nice um, one. And then also got a Ruger P, uh, P95, just a nine mil. It's like my favorite gun because I shot the shit. I shot it a lot and I didn't want to, I don't want to curse too much, but <laughs> I shot it a lot. So I'm like, I know everything about the gun. I could take it apart in like two seconds, put it together and I'm very accurate with it. And then we just got a um, Glock 19 and uh, that's my wife's gun. So, mm. and we got our CPLs and stuff. So we're, you know, we did Good everything we can as regular citizens to have legal everything you know what i mean you'll be so surprised how how dumb people are with guns like in the hood like even though they have like 30 of them they don't know how to take none of them apart they never heard a gun yeah. oil it's like they call like, them a boat anchor i like, bought a the last time it i bought a gun from somebody it was a while ago but i bought a gun from mike and he's my man so like we was cool like i knew it was, I've been seeing a gun around before. Like, it wasn't, I'm like, he didn't want to sell it. I'm like, 300, 400. Like, you know, <laughs> he like, all right, bro. I take it apart. He like, oh. It comes like, apart. He, yeah, like, he didn't even know it came apart. I'm like, bro, come on. Like, you telling me. I'm like, I'm like, be honest. Has this ever jammed? He like, bro, no. Like, it's wow. never have. I'm like, bro, you got this. <laughs> he, he, he did get it new. I remember when he got it. 
But I'm like, bro, damn, no, yeah. you, you didn't even. He just popped some bullets and just got to go. And I'm like, bro, look how dry it is. <laughs> That's the first thing I did with every gun that I bought. As soon as I got home, like, let's take it apart. Like immediately. Yeah. Brand new, never shot. I don't care. Let's let's do it. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what I would that's what I would think. Like, let's say you do something about it. I don't like how much you two are looking at me because I'm a horrible gun owner and don't know. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm it's, that guy. Like I'm sure my guns are like as dry. If you have a lot of guns, they say just get uh, transmission oil. It's probably that'll last you forever. Really? Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm. You, you don't have to get some fancy named whatever brand gun oil. Not until we're sponsored by them. Yeah. Then we do. This show is sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> then it's exclusively whatever. Your local AutoZone. Get right. Your gun Place oil. your ad here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'll show you one if you want after we're done here. But yeah, man, um, I really hope that you, uh, you know, that you see, see it in your brother that he means, I mean, obviously you must see that he means well, like he's not trying to get oh, over yeah, on you. Of course, of like course. That. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, be patient and just, just grind it out. You know what I mean? That's all it is. And be disciplined and let the people that want best things for you closer, you know, don't be, be, be smart about it, you know, but I, I always tell people like, I'm not scared, but I'm not stupid. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, just because you're not scared doesn't mean you're going to go up to the biggest dude and slap him in the face and tell him what to do. <laughs> that's yeah, probably yeah. stupid. Uh, so, yeah, just, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's hard because I'm still figuring it out. You'll never figure it out. That's that's the thing. You're always going to be working on something. You'll never be, if you're comfortable, something's wrong. Like, comfortable in certain situations, like, financially comfortable okay but you'll never like to live is to suffer you just got to do it and um you know try to try to do your best not hurt as many people as possible and try not to let people hurt you respect people and you'd be surprised how much more people would listen to you when you're nice and how much more information you'll get out of them when you're nice same thing for opposite too, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but you can go one direction. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can you, you can, can always get, get mean again. <laughs> you can always get mean. You can start nice and get but, mean, but, but you can't effortlessly. Yeah, effortlessly. Like effortlessly. Can you say the word effortlessly? effortlessly? I can say it, but not effortlessly. Yeah. Effortlessly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of effort in it when I say. Yeah, it. man, that's an effort. Effort word. What a cool joke that <laughs> word is. <laughs> like, what a, so yeah, it seems like um. <clears throat> like when you're like nicer to folks mm. you get you know they're more willing to listen to you and they'll share more information without even asking yeah like um well, we talked about jahim earlier and jahim is one of rj's friends and he stole from me once and i try to tell him like look i'm not upset that you stole from me because when i was your age i stole stuff too mm-hmm. and i know what it's like when you go to a house and it seems like there's so much stuff like you're trying to get one of these things. Like your family's focusing on a car or a house or a fridge or a stove. Yeah. And you walk in the house and it's like, they have everything. I'm like, I've been in that experience and I know what it's like where you're like, they won't even miss this. Yeah. And you want it really bad. But I was like, you cannot steal from me more than I could try to give you mm. more than I can try to long-term teach you. But if you steal from me and you're a thief, I can't teach you anything. And all you got was a thing you stole. So yeah. for 20 bucks, you gave up that resource. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's true that you can learn whatever skills you need to just steal from people. You can learn that or whatever that is, whether it's, it's not always stealing. It's just doing the thing that people don't like. Um, but what happens is you relinquish your ability to build a relationship that's more sustainable. You know what I mean? Mm. 
Um, so I think that's what John's going for here is that you need to try to start thinking first, not how do I get money today, but it's like, how do I use this interaction so that it'll help me the most, whether it's long-term or short-term, how do I get the most out of this, right? Stealing $20 from a dude who's going to try to help you long-term, it's good short-term, but you're not getting the most out of that situation. And that person that you stole from, or you did them wrong, they paid that much for you to never be in their life again. Basically. It's a buyout. Yeah. So you just got, <laughs> if you, if I asked you to do this work and I gave you a hundred bucks and you did a terrible job, I just paid you a hundred bucks and I'm never going to ask you to do that job yeah, again. Bad business. Yeah. yeah. You, you could trick people out of their money once and that's it. And then, then it's not effortless. That's yeah. the part that I know that. Me, I know that, but it's like, it's sometimes it's like, it's a lot harder to do that too. It's not it's some situations. Some kids don't have situations where they can get the longevity yeah. out of something. All they know is all like you. You have well, they don't know. Yeah, they don't it. know. Yeah, they don't know. And then some some don't have like they it's don't. True. Don't they don't have the opportunity to to juice anything out? Like don't got nothing. They don't. They don't have food in the fridge. They, yeah, all I got is their hands. I I mean I like I said I get it, but I I can't fathom it. You know what I mean? Like. I understand that there's people out there struggling where our best day or our worst day is they could, they wish they had that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're colorblind yeah. the same way RJ knows red exists. Like until, mm-hmm. you know, he put on those glasses, he couldn't even, not really. It, it was too abstract. Yeah. It's the same thing, man. It's like, what's the most money you've ever seen in front of you? Like a million dollars? Like no. Like, you know, a million dollars exists, Yeah, but you've never seen it in front of you. Like you've seen maybe a million dollar house. You've never even seen it work. Like people think a million is way more than it is. Not that I don't have a million. So I guess I'm speaking yeah. out of my butt here, but I got a ways to go. <laughs> but I mean, when you hear a millionaire, if someone's house is worth 300 grand, it's like, they don't, people think millionaire means you make 500,000 a year. I've heard kids say that where it's like, well, to be a millionaire, you have to make 500,000 a year. I'm like, most people who go to the shop retire millionaires. Yeah. They're just comfortable after that. Yeah. It's like financially, not physically, because they're probably hurting and their back's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, my back is good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like kids don't even know how much real money is. You know what I mean? I thought 50 grand a year was what like doctors used to make yeah. and stuff. And like, I thought if you made 50 grand a year, it's like you have boat and vacations yeah. and Disney World and we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's consuming. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel like nowadays kids realize that's not nothing. Because a rap, they'll shit on you. I got 20 grand on my wrist, 30 grand. It's just like, wow, that's yeah. that's a hellcat. I got like, that in the, I got that in my savings. Like, I'd be the worst rapper. <laughs> <laughs> my PSP did really well this year. <laughs> my Roth IRA. <laughs> They'd be like, shut up, John. Uh, for real. Get out of here. Markets were favorable to my housing. So <laughs> we did good this year. <laughs> like yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, we had to reschedule some stuff and move some stuff around. We did it. Yeah. Um, is there, is there anything else you, you guys that wanted to talk about that we didn't get to, or you want, that you want to touch on or anything like that? No, not really, man. Glad we can make it. Yeah, man. This was cool. For sure. Get to see what it's like on this side of town. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happens here. I mean, maybe occasional chicken gets hit by a car or something like that. Man, I got some chickens. It's not a night. I don't hear gunshots. Get some eggs. Like, really? <laughs> you guys want some eggs? Some eggs? I hey, would, eggs. Yeah. 
You want some eggs? I thought we were leading in the whole chicken. <laughs> I thought you were saying I hit a chicken last night. It's plucked oh, no. and ready. We can eat the chicken. <laughs> now it's just eggs. I mean, I'll take them, but you should you should have led with eggs. Uh, <laughs> well, then that's it then, I guess. So, yeah, I thank you both. You're both welcome back. If something happens, something that you want to talk about. Yeah. Wasn't there something that you possibly said? I don't know if I'm maybe remembering wrong, but there was something that you, that I don't know if it was like a documentary or something like that. Yeah. I mean, so we're currently, I have a couple projects coming up. Um, and a lot of them keep involving kids like, you know, whether it's RJ or Jeremy or Corian's next on the list. Um, to me, it's like part of that process is getting their story. Mm-hmm. So I talked with the red wine network and a few other oh, people. Cool. Yeah. Um, really just trying to, as I make these projects, making sure we're not forgetting the materials, which is these kids, right? That's yeah. their stories. That's what makes the art interesting. So we're going to try to document some of that this year, try to get some good content together. Um, try to make really the pieces more interesting when they're done. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, so the time frame is like towards the end of the year, possibly for a finished project. Um, I mean, so I was going to try to put Zoran in art prize, which comes up in May, then I have the show that we're going to do downtown in the summer. Um, we have the mural going up at U of M, I think in April. So, I mean, it's, so there's not like one big event we're building up towards. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're trying to incorporate this narrative into all of these events given, okay. it, you know, I'd be, I'm, I'm just interested in watching, uh, whatever, whatever red wine does. Cause I've seen, That's- I've seen one project that he had and it was, it, it was done real well. Yeah. I mean, he's, um, we we've talked a little bit at length about it because he he's definitely dedicated and does a good job. Yeah. Um. So I'm really interested in seeing it like how what what is the cross between the work he's doing and the stuff I want to do. So cool. I'm I'm up for it. So when something like that, whenever it drops or whatever happens, yeah, come, you'll be the first back. at the release party. Come on back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need two week notice. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, come back whenever whenever you guys want. I'm serious. Um, of course, I love of course. I love talking to people and learning and sharing just getting on with it don't but yeah all right everybody that's the show till next time peace all right well thanks guys for sure